Is God's word the final authority in your life? Is your faith rooted and grounded on God's word? Or are you one of those who seem to think that the word of God is not enough, leaving you to search for another so-called spiritual authority, which is not a real spiritual authority at all, but a poser? Amen? Amen. We will discuss that right after this. Oh, my. I love that. I could listen to that again. Don't Let the Devil Ride by Neil Robertson. Amen. That takes me way back, way back to when I was about 14 years old, singing in the choir at Mount Olive Baptist Church in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, under the leadership of Reverend Willis Hickerson Sr. And that was the first song he ever gave me to lead. Don't let the devil ride. Because if you let the devil ride, he'll surely want to drive. Don't let him ride. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed that. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that. You can look it up, Don't Let the Devil Ride by Neil Robertson. Amen. Let's pray. In. Heavenly Father, we love you. We love you and we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for being God all by yourself. You don't need any help. We thank you for helping us at those times where we don't we didn't know what we would do. We don't know what to do. There are people right now, Father God, who need help. Those that need you to intervene in their lives, Father God. We're stepping in the gap for them, praying for them, praying for all those that are sick and shut in, <clears throat> those that need help in any kind of way, the children. We're praying for those that don't know how to pray, don't know what to say, or they feel the devil has them feeling so guilty that they feel like they're not worthy to talk to you. Father God, we're lifting all those up. We're lifting up all the pastors around the world that are imprisoned for their faith in Jesus Christ. We're, we're lifting them up. Another pastor just went back to jail again in another country, Father God, but you have it all in your hands, and we know you're going to cause these pastors to be released just like you did. Paul and Silas, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for us. We thank you for allowing us, allowing us to be able to use your name and be covered by your blood. We cover our families, our households. We cover everything that you have assigned us to and given us. We cover it all, named and unnamed, with your blood, Jesus. And there's no other power greater than your blood and your name. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah. We are happy. We are satisfied and we don't need any other spiritual authority in our lives but you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, use me as I give this word out today. Uh, bless all the ears that hear it. Bless the hearts that receive it. And bless those to come to Jesus right now. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. And bless everybody that hears this and everybody that's agreeing with me in prayer right now. Thank you, Jesus, and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Is God the final authority in your life? Are you rooted and grounded on God's word? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there are people out there thinking that there's other spiritual authorities. We have to be very, very careful of those people that are easily led and are always looking for, a, what do they call it, a guide. Okay, People are always looking for a spiritual guide. Amen. Let's turn our swords today to... Um, Matthew 11, Matthew 11, and I'll read verses 7 to 12. There's gonna be, it's going to sound like I'm kind of skipping and jumping here today, but I know God is going to allow you to hear 
in your heart of hearts, in your spirit, what he's saying to you today. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 11, verse 7 to 12. And it says, as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But they went out. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Okay, see, Jesus is giving them the difference between what they expected to see and what they saw in John. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding that he is the least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, and here's the part God wants you to catch on to, right? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. How violent are you? Okay, this is mainly what we're going to uh, discuss today. How violent are you? Are you just the kind of Christian that whispers and you're soft-hearted and you just sit back and let things happen? Oh, we just give it to God. Yes, give it to God, but God wants you to do something about it too. He's in you, okay? He is in you, right? The Spirit of God dwells in you, and God wants you to take care of more than what you're uh, taking care of, okay? He why ask him for the power when you already have the power? Amen. Uh, Proverbs sixteen twenty nine to 30 says, now watch, a violent man entices his neighbor and leads him into a way that is not good. Power of violence. Somebody, if you allow them to, can entice you and lead you into a way that is not good. And verse 30 says, and he shuts his eyes to devise froward things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. No, no, here, here's what I'm saying here. If, if a violent man can bring evil to pass through his words, amen, why can't we believe that we can also bring things to pass through the violent prayers of our words. You know, it's okay to say, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Okay, that's beautiful. Okay, that is what people call the Lord's Prayer. But when the devil is fighting you, and trying to take your money, trying to take your child, trying to cause division in your household, in your family, trying to cause you to lose your job, causing you to fall out with a neighbor, all kind of crazy stuff is happening. You don't speak softly, amen? We have to start learning to pray violent prayers, and violent prayers does not always mean rolling on the floor, foaming at the mouth, and acting like you're flipping out. You don't always have to do that, but you got to let, 
What did the song say? Don't let the devil ride. Amen. Because if you let him ride, you're going to want to drive. You can't say the worst thing you could do is ask the devil to stop something. He, who is he that you should ask him? He should be asking you stuff. You have God inside of you. The Bible says Satan reports to, to, to God. The enemy, he, the, the devil reports to God. It says all the angels were lined up, okay, in, 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 before God's throne. And he was there and began to talk to God about Job. So obviously he has to report. So who are you to say, devil, please leave me alone. Please don't mess with my, my child. Please don't mess with my house. Please. No. Be violent. Say, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no power or authority over me. Amen. How don't be afraid to be violent in your prayers. I'm sure that a lot of you out there saw the movie War Room. Is that movie good or what? She wasn't, that lady was not playing with the devil. She wasn't playing with him. Amen. Violent people do what they have to do. Why can't followers do the same? The followers of Jesus Christ do the same. So many followers of Jesus Christ are so prone to depression and giving up at times, like uh, Elijah, okay, like we, like Elijah, would rather ask to die than to stand up to the enemy and fight the good fight. Elijah had so much depression in him, okay, he asked God to just kill him, okay, when the wicked Jezebel threatened his life, he got depressed. And he asked God to kill him. Okay? My message to you today, listening, from the Lord, is don't give up. Believe me, I love you, but nobody can love you as much as Jesus Christ can. And Jesus is telling you today, somebody out there, I feel got a feeling it's a lot of somebody, because as Christians, as believers, we go through mess every day. And God is telling you, don't give up. Don't give up. Have patience. Wait on him. The violence in the Matthew 11 reading um, that the Lord said the kingdom had suffered since John's day was the violent resistance that the unbelieving leaders in Israel waged against the proclamation of the kingdom gospel. Every time you try to plant seeds for the, for the kingdom, every time you try to preach the gospel, something somewhere is going to come up against you. And these were violent rulers. These violent rulers made several attempts on the Lord's life as he preached the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so how much more are we going to go through stuff? Luke 4, 29, if you want to write that down. John 5, 18. These are all incidences of when Jesus just had to get ghosts. He had to leave because they wanted it. They wanted to kill him. They kept coming up against his life. Uh, John 7, 1, verses 1, 19, 25. John 8, 37. And verse 40, and then John 10, verse 31, if you want to write that down. As the Lord went on to explain, these violent attempts on his life were attempts to take possession of the kingdom by force. This is what the enemy wants to do, and he wants to take possession of your kingdom that God has given you, the kingdom of God, and your, God has given you a kingdom. Amen. And God wants you to trust him with it. Pray to him to keep it for you. Amen. The Lord illustrated all this with the parable of the householder who represented God, Matthew 21, 33, which planted a vineyard 
that represented uh, Israel in the Old Testament, Matthew 21, 33, and Isaiah 5, verses 1, 2, and 7. God hedged or fenced Israel, all right, with an invisible wall of protection from her enemies, but also digged a wine press. You'll see that in Isaiah 5, 2, and Matthew 21, 33, which indicated he expected to reap a harvest of grapes from his vineyard to press into wine in return for his efforts. But the servants, quote unquote, <laughs> that God sent Israel to gather these fruits, the Old Testament prophets were violently persecuted. You see that Matthew 21, 35, and 36. Last of all, he sent them his son. Hebrews 1, 1 to 2. But when Israel's leaders saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. Don't they say that today? Let's kill him. Kill the seed before it grows. Let's seize their inheritance. Every time God blesses you and gives you something, the enemy is going to come against it. Jesus' inheritance here is being Israel. Okay, Isaiah 19.25. Every time God blesses you with something, the enemy is going to try to come against it. Seize it. Take it away from you. Are you just going to let them snatch it off of you? Or are you going to use God's word? Amen? Spiritual success all depends on how you think. How strong your faith in God is, how much you love him, and how you use his word against the wiles of the enemy. We should love the Lord so much that we wouldn't question his word or authority, even if we don't understand it. Amen. Walking in complete faith leaves no room for doubt. Just like the law that says that no two objects can occupy the same place at the same time, right? Dark and light, oil and water, and faith and doubt cannot either. Either you believe the Lord your creator or you don't. We're at war here, folks. There is a heavy and horrible spiritual battle going on, and there is no demilitarized zone. The only peace that you're going to get is the peace of Jesus Christ. Every day, every day we're at a battle, a spiritual battle. Some of us may have it backwards. We yell at God thinking that we have a right to, and we let the devil get away with murder, sometimes out of ignorance, rebellion, or just plain old fear. We watch too much TV, and we're looking for that shadow in the corner with a long tail so we can rebuke it and send it to dry places when all along it could be your boss, your children, your wife, your husband, your parent, a neighbor, old friend, or even a fellow church member. Somewhere, someone is going to rattle your cage, purposefully do it, and some unknowingly do it. And some just like being manipulative to see how many people they can allegedly command. These are power-hungry, I hate to say it, but they are fools. Power-hungry fools. How do you handle your opposers? Do you let them get away with intimidating you, or do you speak not your mind, but the mind of Christ? Using God's word, we can be free to correct someone or something rightfully 
but always be careful of the words that you speak to others, no matter what the situation is or calls for. You are a creator just like your father. If someone close to you aggravates you, the way that you answer them can cause good or bad results. The last thing that you want to do is to be responsible for the suicide of a weak person who just happened to be in a bad mood or like Elijah, depressed at the time, depressed at the moment. We all go through that. As long as you're a human, you're going to experience at one time depression. Amen. And when you're in that depression, wouldn't it be awesome to have somebody to understand and pray for you? Amen. Amen. What you want to do is to speak wisely to them, not taking their insults personally, but allowing the devil to know that you know who he is and you're rebuking him like Jesus did Peter in Matthew 16, 23, is in Mark 8, 33, and it's in Luke 4, 8. In doing so, you just could lead that person to salvation. Now, Jesus wasn't rebuking Peter. He was rebuking the devil that was using Peter at that time. We want to lead people to salvation. Amen? Say things, but say them in love, with respect and in love. Once they see you handling the situation properly, and if they don't get offended easily, they just may want to be like you in handling those types of situations and accept Jesus as their Savior as well if they're not saved. See? Plant the seeds, and the Spirit of God will cause them to grow. The Holy Spirit doesn't break toes, right? <laughs> he just steps on them a little once in a while, doesn't he? You ever go to church and a pastor says something and, and you honestly think that he was sitting around in your living room sneaking somewhere and, and here in your life? And you, and you think that sometimes when people preach something, you think they're personally speaking to you. That's not that person. That's the Holy Spirit using them. Now, there are pastors, there are preachers, ministers that, uh, what it, what's it called, signify. I, I, I've, I've heard a few throughout the years that they just, if they, if they aren't using someone or something as a topic that they know just happened recently, that, then they are not preaching at all. That's signification. We want to hear God's word, not signification. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what we should really do in life is to shout at the devil, see, who tries to take over our minds, our thoughts, and sometimes causes us to speak death into situations instead of life. Be violent with the one who is violent with you. Amen. Satan is not playing tiddlywinks here, folks. Have you ever stated something so negatively that you had to check your own statement and attitude? That was the swaying of your hater taking over your thoughts and making you speak something that Jesus wouldn't approve of. When these things happen, we need to stop, drop, and roll, okay? Stop the negativity and redirect your mouth and thoughts. Drop the attitude that made you say what you did and roll on with what God would have you to say to enlighten the mind of the other party instead of leading them to stress, which could lead to sickness and possibly death one day. And then their death would be on your hands, so to speak. And the Bible tells us don't let someone's death be on our hands. Mm. I wonder how many have passed this life early because of negative atom bombs being dropped upon them mostly throughout their lives. It makes you wonder. Did you ever have somebody yell at you and down you so horribly that you began to literally get a headache and not feel so well? Have you ever had that happen to you? What is happening is that 
their negative energy is pouring out upon you and draining you of your joy and peace. You can literally hear nothing good about yourself coming out of their mouth as though their mouth was a septic system or something. Did you ever hear someone talk like that? Sometimes someone can download on you or, as they say, drop a load on you so harshly that it can lead you to, it can lead you to sickness. We should not allow the enemy to use somebody to talk to us like that. That's not God. It's not the Jesus in them talking to you. That's the devil in them trying to cut you down, which can lead to sickness and death. Then you're wondering why you're not sleeping so well. Some of you aren't sleeping well out there because, because you're letting somebody drop a load on you every day, and they're hammering you down. They're wearing you thin. You wonder why your stomach hurts, nauseated, moody, or you have bags under your eyes and your energy is drained. They're energy vampires. And you're not doing anything about it. You have to do something about it. Drive that silver wedge in their heart with the word of God. Amen. Speak to them. Now, there's going to be times that you need to speak up with what the Word of God says about you. You say, I am a child of the Most High God. The Father and I are one. I am not what you say that I am. I'm sorry if, you ever, if I ever offended you, but I refuse to allow you to make me your punching bag. You will not do so. You will not treat me like that. A pastor friend of mine told me one time, I told her something had happened to me, and she told me, she said, what, make that per- what made that person think that they can talk to you that way? And I'm saying this to you right now. What is making people think that they can talk to you the way they talk to you? Is it you? Hey, is that a Selah moment? <laughs> Some people get so good at spewing negativity that they begin to practice it as much as they can. Making others look or feel bad makes them feel better about themselves, see? Everything is not your fault, and it's certainly not theirs. comes a nasty habit, and you're watching them walk down a narrow, deep, and dark path that will hinder their walk with the Lord one day. It's called vanity. Amen. The devil himself. That's who's at fault. Listen to what vanity means, okay? One, excessive pride. And who got proud in the Bible, right? Okay? God resists the proud. Number one, excessive pride in or admiration of one's own appearance or achievements. Amen. Because you have certifications hanging up on your wall doesn't mean you're all out a bag of chips. Okay? Don't let those take the place of Jesus Christ. Number two, the quality of being worthless or futile. That is vanity. The quality of being worthless or futile, of no use. They're so vain. They're so into themselves. They are of no use for, with anybody or for anybody else. They begin to use it as a defense mechanism. Instead of forgiving others, as Jesus told us to do, they down others to make themselves feel better. They begin to enjoy their alleged, okay, manipulation. 
After a while, they began to feel as though they went to a spa, jumped in a jacuzzi, and soaked in it for a while. It becomes a cool, or should I say icy, <laughs> dip in an Epsom salt bath or Band-Aid only for them. Okay, they see it as relief. Well, I guess I told them, they say, and they're proud of it, of their, their foul mouth, their dirty mouth, okay? They'll think twice before messing with me again, they say proudly. It turns them on. It turns some people on to talk to people, like at the down people. The devil is using the situation against them, but they think that it's healing to curse someone out and kill the, literally kill the joy of others. That is not the way of Jesus, folks. God's word has the healing properties that we need. Study it daily, and it relieves the stresses of life. Converse, okay? The Hebrew word for God's word is siach, S-I-Y-C-H, which means to ponder, converse with oneself, and utter aloud. Isn't that something? And just think all that time. People thought you were crazy. <laughs> Amen. Utter aloud. Do you know what this means? Don't be afraid to utter aloud. If someone is listening, they just may get healed. <laughs> right? You know, there's an old saying people used to say, uh, an eavesdropper never hears anything good about itself. <laughs> Had no business listening. Don't worry about who is listening. Just know that God hears you, and that's all that matters. Amen. Obviously, the enemy, the enemy coined the phrase, talking to yourself is crazy. That's not what God says. I utter all the time. The thing to utter is God's word. You'll get your best answers from him. It is the way that he loves to communicate to you through his Holy Spirit. You read. And the spirit will translate to the spirit in you. Remember, you are not a body with a spirit. You are a spirit and a soul with a body. Amen. God is the final authority in my life. Who is yours? Okay, now let's take a look at some scripture about the word, shall we? Psalm 1, verse 2 to 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. If you want to prosper in your life, read the word day and night. Read the word. Get the word. Write it upon the tablets of your heart. Write it upon the doorposts of your heart. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 15, 16, I will meditate in thy precepts, and I have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Never forget God's word. And what happens a lot of times is the enemy comes up against people, and they don't, don't know what to say because they haven't studied the word enough to allow the Holy Spirit in them to Crack back, so to speak. Did you ever have, years ago, do you guys remember how people, uh, what was it called, what, cracking on people? Used to, used to crack. 
there's this thing where you know people everybody thinks they're jokes or everybody thinks they're a comedian you know but there's this thing where people get smart with you okay some people um know how to crack back king or whatever you say something smart back to the point and, and it's so quick and it's so sharp that they'll stop getting smart with you okay and the reason a lot of christians cannot crack back at the devil is because they don't know the word good enough study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed amen Okay, Luke 16, 16, the law and the prophets were until John since the time uh, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Jesus is saying this in Luke 16, 16, press into, press into the word. You can't get olive oil by putting a whole bunch of olives in a basket. How are you going to cook with olive oil? How are you going to use that? How are you going to make bread with it? You got to press the olives. Amen. Press. That's where the blessing comes when you press the olive and you get that oil out of there. They go through a, a wine press even. How do you make wine? You just don't put a whole bunch of grapes in and smash it with your hand a little bit and try to suck out the juice from the cup. You've got to press in, press those grapes to make the wine, to enjoy the wine. If you, mm, my, 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 if you want the word to work, for you, you've got to go through the press, period. First Timothy 4, 15 and 16. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that they, uh, thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Save yourself, amen, by pressing in, taking in the word, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Take in the doctor of the Savior, the Messiah, that he died, and in three days he arose. He came back. He's the only one that came back up with witnesses. My God, my God. And he's allowing you to use his name. He's allowing you to use his blood and learn it. Learn of me. My God, my God. Deuteronomy 31, 19. Now, therefore, write ye this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouth. See, put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Put it in their mouth. Teach your children how to shout at the devil. You don't shout at God. Teach your children how to stay, take a stance how to tell him, I am a child of God, and you will not treat me that way. I bind you in Jesus' name. My parents did it, and I'm doing it. You have no authority this way. Don't come back and take your brothers with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Teach your children. Don't let the devil grind them as wheat. Don't let him sift them. Children should know the word of God. They shouldn't have to wait till they're 14 or 15 years old to go to Bible school to learn the word of God. Amen. Psalm 17. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved my heart. 
thou visit, hast visited me in the night, thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I like that. I'm going to read it again. Thou hast tried me, okay, and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress concerning the works of men. By the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. What is the best way to keep destruction, destruction out of your life? is to learn the word, speak the word, live the word. He said this, the writer here says, let God prove your heart. Let him visit you in the night, which I just had a visitation the other night. I saw God's Shekinah glory cloud, and it was awesome. He is awesome. God was watching over me. I woke up two or three times, and it was still there. And no, it wasn't eye allergies, hay fever, none of that kind of stuff. I saw the Shekinah glory cloud of God. God is good. And you know, when God shows up like that, one, out of love, or two, he knows something. He might be saving you from disaster. And I appreciate it. Amen? God has tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Learn the word of the word. Of, mm, I'm going ahead of myself. The word of God is your sword. Proverbs 30, 5 to 7. Every word of God is pure. He, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things I have required of thee. Deny me. Uh, them not before I die. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Add to God's word. Say what God said. Let the Holy Spirit use you and let it go. Don't add to it. Deuteronomy 6. Okay, in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 19, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. There it is, teaching to the children again. And thou shalt talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Think about it all the time. Think about the word all the time. Trust me, if you do what God is telling you to do here, you are going to be glad after all this is over and we go up there. Okay? And the song says, I'm going up yonder to see my Lord. Amen. Amen. And thou shalt bind them for a sign <clears throat> upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontless between thy eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of the house and the gate, and so shall it be. The Lord shall have uh, brought thee into the land which he swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou built that you didn't build them. Okay? That's verse 10 and verse 11. And houses full of good things good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which you didn't dig. God's going to do all this for you, things that you're going to reap where you have not sown. And that's, that's a word for somebody out there, okay? God is going to cause somebody, cause you're going to reap where you have not sown. That's how well. God, God is a, he, he's a God of more than enough. He's a God of abundance, okay? He, God is a God of enough, amen? God is a God of everything. Cause somebody out there to reap where you have not sown, amen? <clears throat> Amen. Uh, vineyards and olive trees, which you didn't plant, when thou shalt have eaten them be full, then beware, okay, now watch this, when God blesses you, beware that you don't forget the Lord, verse 12, Deuteronomy 6, 12, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and to the, uh, uh, from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and swear by his name. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. I swear to God. You ever hear people say that? Swear to God. There it is. 
Deuteronomy, uh, what is 6, verse 13. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Okay, so that's a correction to some folks. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the answer of the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. Now this is also to the, the Israelis, the, the, the Hebrews that don't believe that Jesus Christ is Savior, the Messiah yet. It's time for you to begin to believe Jesus Christ is your Savior, and he's asking you to believe now. Believe on this side of the grave, y'all. Amen? Amen. Believe on this side of the grave, because on the other side, it's going to be too late. He's given you time to make up your mind. Amen? Verse 17, you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and statutes which he has commanded thee. He didn't ask thee. He commanded thee, you, okay? He commanded you. Verse 18, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that he may, that what? Do what is right, live righteously, live holy, and people are fighting against that. I say it all the time. God commands, he said, be ye holy for I am holy. And this right here, Deuteronomy 6.18 says, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be what? well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess what? The good land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. You've got to live right to get the good. It's that simple. And lastly, uh, verse uh, 619, to cast out, uh, (laughs) right, you know, to cast out all thy enemies from before thee as as the Lord has spoken. How do you cast out your enemies? How do you cast out your enemies from before you? Deuteronomy 6, 19, with the word of God. To cast out the all, not some, all thy enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. Yeah, there's going to be some people that are going to say you're, you're, you think you're all that in a bag of chips and, and gr- you're greater than thou and blah, 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 you know. And, and I feel this way. First of all, if people start to talk like that, they want your friends to start with. What they ought to do is they want to start trying to be like you. If you're in the right and you're doing what Jesus tells you to do, <clears throat> if you're doing what the word tells you to do, instead of them talking about you, they should try to be like you. Amen. 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 Deuteronomy eleven twenty to 23 almost says the same thing. And thou shalt write upon the, the doorposts of the house and the gates and your days be, that your days may be multiplied. You live longer. And the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them in the days of heaven upon the earth. For if ye shall diligently, circle that and look it up. <clears throat> For if ye shall diligently keep all those command, these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, and to cleave unto him, then I'll, uh, I, I, the Lord, will drive out, all, drive out, okay, all these nations from before you. There it is again, like Deuteronomy 6, okay, 19. And ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Go. What does that tell you? God, if you do the word of God, use the word of God, study the word of God, he said he will cause you to drive out nations from before you, and you will possess, you will own greater nations that are mightier and stronger than yourselves. 
That's why I say don't pay attention to numbers. The devil always tries to have me paying attention to numbers, how many people called in, how many, how many are listening. Oh, they don't like you. See, they're not watching. And I found out they're calling, they're watching. God is good, and I thank him for it. As long as I'm planting seeds for the kingdom of heaven, I'm happy. That's all I want to do. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Amen. Now, we use the word of God also for deliverance. John 8, 31, 32. Watching my time here. I'm almost through. John 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue, circle that, in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, all these people talking about, I'm free to do whatever I want to do, just do it. Um, I'm living my life and eat, drink, and joy and laughter and whatever all that is. They say, how are you going to be free? How, how do you know the truth and how are you going to be free? Continuing in the words of Jesus Christ. Those are the only ones that are free. No matter how happy they are, how big their house is, or how wide their swimming pool is, or how many cars they have in a garage, the only ones that are totally, truly free are the ones that follow the Lord, love the Lord, and practice his ways. Psalm 119, 45 to 50 says, and I will walk at liberty, see, for I seek thy precepts. The only way to have liberty is to follow the Lord. Amen. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of God's word. The Bible says if you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. And if you don't believe it's in there, go ahead and write me at revency at me.com, and I'll send you the scripture. <laughs> okay? And I will, do, I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto my commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate, circle it in thy statute, Zion which is 49, okay, Psalm 119, 49, with the heading Zion. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my what? My comfort in my affliction, for thy word has quickened me. God's word gives you wisdom and quickens you and heals you. Pro and deliverance, Proverbs 6, 20 to 23. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When I go, it will lead you. When you sleep, it will keep you. And when you awake, it shall talk with thee. Write that down and, and study it. Wherever you go, the word will lead you. And when you're sleeping, it will keep you. See, keep you. And when you awake, it will talk with you. Shela, the Shela moment. That means think. Concentrate on that one. <clears throat> Verse 23 uh, Proverbs 6, it says, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. There you go. So if you're living the kind of life where nobody can instruct you and tell you what to do, then obviously you're not doing right. <clears throat> then you have 1 Samuel 3, 9 to 11, okay, um, where God called to uh, Samuel, and, and he answered. Samuel went and told Eli, and Eli said, next time answer, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, and I like verse 11, 1 Samuel 3:11, and it says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that hears it shall tingle. Okay? If you use the word where you're supposed to use the word, you will cause people to be free. Okay? And they will come to Jesus. Amen. There are four ways. There are four keys in applying the word. One, put the word in your heart. Number two, meditate on it. Three, confess the word. Number four, be a doer of the word, okay? And most of all, please let go of traditions. Traditions are not your friend. 
Traditions are the main causes of some who may not get into heaven. They treasure man's word over God's word. Matthew 15, then came, Jesus, then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And he answered them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? He ended that conversation. Here are some enemies against applying the word. Uh, 2 John 2, 15 to 16, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Lust of the eyes, Samson's downfall. Okay, uh, Judges 16, 1 and 4, David's downfall. Second Sam 11, lust of the flesh, Balaam the prophet. Okay, Numbers 22, 17 and 37, Balaam had a desire for fame and fortune, not good. You know, some people can have a desire of fame and fortune and, 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 will, and will attempt to sell you to get it. <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. And, and uh, pride of life, Saul's downfall. First Samuel fifteen seventeen, when thou wast little in thine own sight. Okay, God rose him up. Saul grew prideful to do what he wanted to do. He didn't listen to the Lord. The word is a weapon, folks. The word of God is your weapon here use it okay and ephesians i'll end with this verse ephesians six seventeen, and take the helmet of salvation and what the sword you want a sword okay I, here's a sword for you the sword of the spirit which is the word of god the word of god is your sword you don't have to be a ninja or anything like that the word of god is your sword amen are you saved Learn to use the word correctly. Learn who to yell at and who not to yell at. Amen? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, just say, Jesus, I repent of all my sins. Please be my Savior and teach me your word. Teach me your ways. I want to know your word. I want to have true power. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I love you. And amen. And if you said that, look for Bible believing church. It preaches the Old and the New Testament. It preaches just God's word. Amen. The true word of God. Hallelujah. And welcome to the Christ. Welcome to the family of God. It's never too late to learn of him. Amen. It's never too late to learn of him. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. I see you guys was coming and going while I was preaching the word. Hallelujah. Glad to see you came on. It's just steady flow here. God is good. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Reverend Essie signing off.